Hi, I'm Mark, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. This is another podcast-exclusive episode just for you. We've had a short break with the interviews over the summer weeks, but they are coming back. Uh, we've got a great guest lined up for you next week. Uh, the author of one of the most inspiring books I've read this year. So I'm really excited to share that conversation with you. But this week, you're going to get our second Circle Reflection episode. And if you don't recall what a circle is, the circle is all about sharing practical wisdom by and from people who have gotten their hands dirty in service design, who actually have lived experiences, who can tell and talk about the hard parts of service design the dirty secrets so you'll be learning from their mistakes and failures so you can skip over them the first episode was a few weeks ago with Jacqueline Briou where we talked about how to make incremental progress in service design this week we're going to talk about service design leadership and how you can be an effective guide when people are looking up to you on how to move forward you're going to hear that it's not enough to just be a facilitator of the process you have to be more outspoken about what's important and of course we're going to figure out how to do that without losing our humbleness the guest in this episode is james field who is part of the circle and led the conversation around the topic of service design leadership if you stick around till the end of this episode you'll learn what it actually means to be an effective service design leader you'll hear the three best practices that emerged from the conversation in the circle and you'll get some practical tips and tricks that you'll be able to implement in your own work the next day. If you're an in-house service designer who wants to be part of this circle group, that is possible. Check out the links in the show notes on how to do that and how you can apply. The only thing left to do for me now is to say, let the show begin. Welcome to the show, James. Hello. Hello. That's a, that's a very English uh, hello. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to this conversation because I know we're going to talk about things that will be super relevant to the service design community. Like I said in the introduction, we're going to talk about service design leadership or mostly you're going to talk about service design leadership. And there was one quote that I took away from the notes we had prepared. And uh, there was something you added, uh, which was, organizations are not prepared for the marathon. And I think that's sort of already summarizes the rest of what we're going to talk about. Um, service design leadership, how do we guide people, organizations, processes in, um, in an uncertain environment? Um, did I summarize that sort of right? Is that is that the way you also think about service design leadership? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you picked out the uh, the marathon example. I, I gave a r ridiculous kind of case study that I, I picked out about taking, you know, survival expert taking a older gentleman into the, the desert and he just wasn't prepared for the journey. And of course, the result was a bit of a disaster. So yeah, that, <laughs> that sums it up really nicely. Yeah, and I think we can uh, relate to service design being a marathon. Uh, and uh, I, I certainly have some videos on the way I feel about sprints and uh, the tension that there is in service design. So uh, let's see uh, if you're listening right now and you'll stick around till the end, you'll hear at least three, let's call them quote unquote, best practices on how you can be a better service design leader. Uh, 
So yeah, let's jump into it. First of all, um, like I again said in the intro, uh, this was a topic that we covered in our circle session. Um, and I'm curious, James, why did you pick the topic of service design leadership? How is it relevant to you? So I think it's certainly relevant to me, but it certainly feels relevant to a lot of people in our group um, as a fairly small field that's trying to find its find its way. I think a, a challenge for all of us is just where to go next and how to actually do service design, oftentimes as the only service designer in an organization or in a small group. Um, so you're really questioning about what it means to be a service design leader, what it means to be a service designer. Um, how do you actually take people through that process? And that's kind of a core part of what I mean by leadership as a service line leadership is taking people through that process, but often you don't have control. You don't have the resources. Uh, and there so, are yeah, many, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are many, many challenges. And I think we don't, at least I haven't used the word leader or leadership a lot, but I think um, when you are alone or in a small team within an organization, People look up to you and expect expect you to lead. Like uh, even if it's informal, you are leading if you are just the only service designer. Absolutely, yeah. When when all those eyes turn to you and you're the the expert in the room, and people are you know you you've promised this service design. What does that actually actually mean? Are there any other? Um, uh, sort of things that give it away that people are expecting leadership from you. Just we mentioned uh, people look up to you and as, expect you to give uh, answers. And I think a lot of us have experienced something similar. But other other signals that give it away. Yeah, there's, a, there's often this moment I think we, we may all have encountered, which is tell us the roadmap, tell us the plan. What do you need to succeed? How are we going to do this? But but often it means how are you? going to, to do this so when you're in that spot a highly visible you know it's, you're taking a lot of people's time you know you're taking people from across the organization that's expensive it's a big risk for everyone so that that gut-wrenching moment where you feel like okay i'm in control of this process and it's, it's kind of on me yeah yeah people are waiting for answers and you're just like yeah but we need to co-create this <laughs> and then uh and then uh you're found yourself in a mess um Great. I'm really curious if we go, um, if, if we sort of um, fast forward into the future, right? So we know what the lack of leadership looks like, but what would be the ideal situation in where design, service design leadership flourishes and where you are actually contributing positively to the organization as a service design leader? How would that look? I think the ideal world um, really would be that people understand where you're trying to take them. So they've been on that journey a few times. Uh, you've successfully led them through that journey a few times. So now they understand what they need to do to prepare, what it's going to take to get there, what kind of mentality they need to have to go the distance, and then what's it look like when you reach the destination? So there's there's you've affected some change. So now what do we do next? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds ideal. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you've taken people on the marathon a few times, and the next time you invite them in, they know what to expect. That that's that does sound ideal. Um, you do. That would be sorry yeah. to interrupt, but yeah, I think that would be you know just hearing you speak there. It's 
trust that they trust you and you've you've established that that, that mm. trust by doing that yeah trust in the process trust in you uh, trust in that everything will be all right uh how does that compare to the situation you find yourself into or found yourself into so i think the first first thing is that um you have a, often have a group especially when service designers new at your organization or or, or even if it's established, you always encounter people that haven't been on that journey before and, and don't don't know. So you have to do a lot of convincing. You have to do a lot of educating up front and continuously through the journey. Um, so I think that one of the, the challenges of that is that it's a struggle to find that, that correct balance between putting your, all the barriers and roadblocks up yourself at the beginning and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're not prepared. These are all the things we have to do. And, you know, because... You've been there, you understand it, but others don't. So you can kind of actually put people off a little bit by by over-preparing people. And um, yeah, you, you already mentioned balance, but I think I, I would be interested to hear a bit more about what that balance is because we are often in that situation where we feel, okay, for this, we need to ha collaborate with five departments to actually come up with the solution it doesn't help if we just fix this one touch point we need uh we need to do three months of user research <laughs> like w like you said we know what it takes to do it uh the right way and um so how how do you how do you get over or how do you find better <laughs> how did you <laughs> how did you solve this like still doing it the right way but maybe raising lowering your expectations i don't know what what are your thoughts around this yeah, I think just that list you gave there just sounds ter would be terrifying to most people. But <laughs> I've, I've tr I must say I've, I've learned through through doing. I think all of us are on uh, doing the same. Um, I've tried both ways, listing everything out, trying to get people to understand by telling them in detail. Hey, this is my process, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how you are going to feel, and the problems we need to overcome. So putting all those barriers in place, which feels like great planning. But it has the adverse effect that now it just seems, seems like a hopeless journey, a difficult task. So what we're looking to do is we push that one to one side and say that's not necessarily the most helpful. On the flip side, you can prepare people to say that it is going to be difficult. It is going to take a long time. There's going to be twists and turns. Um, and then you have to show people. So show people by doing. Get them to experience it firsthand. So... This is interesting, and we're already getting into some uh, meaty details. But I find it interesting that you say, like, uh, planning and actually showing what is required upfront and doing it in a detailed way isn't per se the most helpful strategy. Yeah, I think that that there you're you're, and this is we'll jump maybe jump forward a little bit, but there's this idea of the bottom line upfront. So actually selling the destination and not taking people all the way through the individual steps of your journey that you have to negotiate as a service designer. The one thing we can all kind of get around is that alignment about where we're going, that journey, why we want to get there, what's it going to look like. And that's really where you have to ask people to take that leap of faith and follow you on that journey. And you're going to be the guide to get them there. So how do you, I, I totally get that and focus on the uh, destination. We'll get back to that uh, because this is something we can rally around, but how do you manage uh, stakeholders that do ask you to come up with a detailed plan? Because 
They're most likely looking for control. They want to have predictability. Uh, yeah. they're, they're going to do uh, uh, a return on investment calculation. Like th These are super common questions. Yeah, and that's that's often the organization puts itself puts all these barriers in the way, right? We have to have a huge detailed plan. We have to anticipate that we're going to scale to ten thousand, thirty thousand. It's it's like you have to you have to manage that and and work with those stakeholders. But I think key thing that that you can do is you have to take your working out your process offline, and then you need to share the key takeaways from that. So what again, does it mean? Gonna... How does it look? <laughs> So in terms of, and I was just doing this uh, this week actually uh, in, my, in my role, is that we have that moment of uncertainty at the beginning of a project, like how are we going to do this, how long it's going to take, resources, steps, build a roadmap. So I'm working that out with key stakeholders offline, behind the scenes. And then with the leadership who need to know these details, we'll have um, meetings where we'll actually talk about the, the key decisions from that process of how it's going to work. And then we can go into the details of challenges, resource constraints, times, and so on. So again, it's just up-leveling that conversation to where they get the information they need to do their work and you're figuring out your stuff with people behind the scenes. James, let me ask you uh, this because uh, this was a question that was on my mind and I wish I had asked this earlier, but what if we don't proactively pick up the role of the guide so what if we um maybe stay too humble and stay too co-creative and just being part of the team while the rest of the organization is maybe expecting us to yeah show the path forward what is it what do we risk i think i think you, you absolutely risk uh losing that leadership perspective and i think really well what we can do with service design is bring people together and keep them on that journey. And if you fade too much into the background and you aren't correctly positioning yourself to, to keep improving and moving forward, um, the, the risk you have there is that others take in, take over, and we kind of fall back into old ways and we lose sight of why we're doing things. So the customer perspective, we lose sight of bringing people together we can easily let operational challenges and the big rocks that we face actually take us off course. So I say that's a, that's a huge problem, and that's why you need to keep that position of navigating around those those hurdles. Yeah, yeah. So there there, there is a lot of at stake, and uh, if like I think most people are pushing the boundaries and and uh, trying to guide, but I think it's what we're addressing and uh, advocating here is to do it more consciously, do it more proactively, um, and uh, yeah, take, take the organization on that journey. Now, speaking about the journey, um, in our circle session, um, we talked about some, again, I, I'm not too confident about the word best practices, but for uh, any better uh, words, let's let's use them. We mentioned three best practices. What? Um, let's go over them one by one. So, best practices around uh, establishing service design leadership. Um, which one uh, do you recall from our conversation? Yes, I think we've given the given the game away on a few of those those yeah, already. So I know <laughs> <laughs> it's hard hard not to. Uh, maybe we can touch on one of the ones that we've already already mentioned, um, which I think is that bottom line up front, which is a really, really great 
a call out from someone in the, in the circle. Um, I see it, I heard it as top-down communication as well, but it's also focusing on that destination. So yeah, let's hit that one uh, first, that it's about really selling why we want to get to where we want to go, getting everyone to agree on that. And that's something that we can do as service designers that can visually communicate and synthesize a lot of information for a group and get people to, to buy in, not just on the solution, but on the, the outcomes of the solution, the organizational change, for example. So how is that different than to what you've been observing or maybe what you've been doing in the past? Yeah, so when you don't uh, focus on that destination, um, when you, like I said, when you, when you talk about all the steps, all the process, all the detail, you can get lost in that and it stops becoming a journey and it starts becoming uh, a sequence of, of steps. Mm -hmm. And what can easily happen is that can derail. So if you're not thinking in terms of a journey, you run into a problem, timing change, some other constraint appears, some yeah. challenge. Yeah. It can knock the whole thing, of course. It it reminds me of the the metaphor of um, literally going on uh, a trip, going to a certain, literally a destination, uh, a trip around the world. Like there, there's no sense in planning every step there. You just have to go. Yeah. You sort of know where you're you're heading to Japan or something like that, but you don't plan all the steps in between. And this is in stark contrast to how organizations uh, want to work uh, and I used to work. They much more work like an engineer or an architect where you sort of make the entire blueprint up front and then you go into execution mode. But that's that's different than what we're trying to advocate. Yeah. I, and and I, uh, you want to comment on that? Yeah, I'll comment. So it's that idea of organizational agility. So there are agile methods where we typically find in software, but actually that is part of the challenge that people are not prepared for when you go to take them on this journey. Most organizations have a rigid structure or they don't have the agility, the fluidity to actually change, adapt, react uh, along that journey. And that's why they ask for these plans. So I think that that's actually one of the, as a leader, as a guide up front, you can actually prepare people to say, you know what, we need to be able to pivot. We need to be okay to fail and change and develop along the way. So what? I, this is great. And uh, I would be curious if I was listening to this, but how? Like, I want to do that. I talk about the destination all the time, <laughs> but just the people around me want to see detailed plans. So how do you, can you give some practical examples? How do you, how do you build that courage to actually let go of those? detailed plans yeah so from my own experience and from from a lot of people within the group i think it is that element of trust and i think you earn that trust over over time is the the, the answer we don't want to hear um it's building relationships it's it's demonstrating through doing um and then building those advocates and people who have been on that journey with you and can actually explain to others hey trust this process trust these people they're going to get you there. And then you keep building those wins from small projects to bigger and bigger. And, and, and over time, you can start actually affecting those, those bigger journeys and taking that larger role in leading larger groups through larger challenges. Yeah, so it, it is really a matter of first going on smaller trips before you embark on uh, the changing the entire organization. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and that might be frustrating at times, I can imagine, right? 
it is yeah and, and uh, i've seen this and i think we all we all feel this um there's a tendency for us as designers and especially service designers to keep asking why and every project every opportunity gets blown out into a huge organizational change and again we see all the issues to overcome but in doing so and taking that on every time we actually introduce a lot of frustration uh in us our, in ourselves um that doesn't need to be there so again scoping trying to understand what you're trying to do here but seeing that long-term bigger picture and seeing those small opportunities to to build that trust by demonstrating what you can can do and, and earning that leadership uh position and that is also uh to add to this it is actually a very user-centered way of working because we know that it works we we have trust in the process but that hasn't been uh, there from day one like we've gone through a journey for ourselves to build trust in the service design process it's it's silly to expect that others would have that same trust from the day one so just as we yeah. went through a journey we need to take them on the journey as well and that that can be again that can be frustrating because you you you, you sort of already are a believer that's right, yeah. It's about having that empathy for stakeholders and the journey of learning and understanding they have to go on. And yeah, we, we, we can't be too frustrated they don't understand what we do and how we do it when if we actually ask ourselves, do we know what they do and how they do it? You know, so it both so two-way learning takes a lot of time. Okay, so if we um, sort of summarize this best practice, it would be focus on the destination, don't uh be too detailed with your planning don't bother people with uh with all the steps in between that will change inevitably anyway um and build trust through going on smaller trips first and have patience <laughs> that's a long summary <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like we need some uh some more catchier titles for those i think we're all working on them we'll find them and uh if somebody uh has some suggestions leave a comment on uh, on this episode so um let's dig into uh a second best practice that came up what would that be i think i feel like they're, they're slowly merging into that's one. okay uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah the, the first one was about um focus on the, the the destination um i think we started touching on it a moment ago there which is more around the it's the courage to lead it's about having the enthusiasm to then overcome the uncertainty. Um, so that's that's when you're in the position of being the one that knows what's going on. So, um, yeah, the, I want to I wanna, uh, have a shot at this one. The courage to lead. Um, aren't, aren't we uh, already uh, very well equipped to lead through uncertainty isn't that what we do all the time like where is the what's the added value or added uh uh notion of courage why why do we need specifically courage so i think there's a few few things that we kind of talked about in the, in the group there um so we need that courage because it's a leap of faith at the start and then it's a grueling task throughout so so courage to get started and kind of actually set the tone and the direction an uncertain direction, but then it's it's that enthusiasm to keep going. So when people face those challenges, when when people get stuck or we, we kind of lose momentum, that's actually on us as the kind of semi-owners of that process to kind of keep that to keep that 
going. So I think that's one one key part. And there's a second part, but maybe have a <laughs> yeah. So uh, keep going uh, yeah. when you hit the roadblocks. Um, and uh, I'm guessing uh, I would say the second part would be when you're put on the spot uh, to uh, provide the answers and um, you as a service designer are in a mode of we need to figure this out together. I don't know what the answers are. Like, is the second <laughs> where is the second part of the courage related to that to actually say, okay, let's go right, even if you aren't entirely sure that right is the right way to go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you get what I mean? <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, I think I think I do. Yeah, um, yeah. There's these there's these kind of key pivot points, um, and that's the pr proceed pivot. If we steal some of the language from like the lean startup, for example, um, you have to be able to say actually this is not not working. This is the, not going in the right direction. The indication, the evidence is showing we must do something differently, and you know that that involves in some respects you actually saying perhaps I was wrong or we were wrong. Uh, so again, that takes courage to actually stop that and say, "Hey, we need to adjust any number of things." So, um, so if we find most of our information and decision-making information through research, through co-creation, how do we? Because this is, for, I feel that this is about taking a stance, right? How do we take a stance? How do you define what what is important? from your perspective? From a service design uh, perspective? Yeah. Well, so uh, I, 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 I'm just imagining a meeting with stakeholders uh, and uh, they're asking, they're looking to you for direction, for guidance. James, what is it that we need to do? And uh, in our default mode, we would say, I don't know, let's go create this, let's figure it out. But I think what we're referring to here is the courage to say, okay, we need to go in this direction, even though the co-creation mode is the default mode. Yeah, so sometimes not actually uh, <clears throat> not actually asking for all the answers, perhaps. Um, sometimes sometimes it is the evidence that you found along the way. Sometimes it's um, some case studies, some experience. So sometimes I think you have to pull pull that in and actually say, hey, we're, we're kind of going in a, a direction that's going to lead us into danger uh, a little bit so that i think that's where experience comes in i think like i said as well evidence so what's the customer saying what's the organization saying what are our associates saying and i think i think that's where you have a toolbox where you can actually say hey look i've got something that can get us unstuck and it might be a different activity it might be a different focus it it, it might might be bringing someone else in but yeah the answer can't always be let's figure it out um together in a big workshop. Yeah. Um, yeah so we, we have to kind of actually bring our expertise in to bear something sometimes, yes. Yeah, and 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 there's the, I think, the courage we sort of wrapping up. Uh, it is to take a stance, to give advice, to be outspoken, even if you know that it might change over time. Yeah, sometimes you have to be, and I'm thinking back to the example I gave in the circle, but you have to be the person that is, controlling good process and advocating for that because other people don't know. So you need to be the one to say, you know, hey, this, this, if we go and take this approach, we cut this corner, that's not right. It's not going to actually get us to where we want to go. Yeah. And uh, one, maybe one final thing about this, you mentioned something about it takes experience. And I think that's absolutely true because the more 
at times you sort of advocated for the right thing, the more uh, uh, sort of certain you will be that the next time it's okay to advocate for this as well. But what do you have a piece of advice for people who are who maybe don't yet have, have all that experience and still are in the position where they are expected to call the shots? Yeah, I think um, I think how you advocate is a is a big a big part. So there's a, there's a couple of steps to that. I think nothing beats having those foundational relationships in place. So if you've done, and again, it's not an easy answer, but if you've done the work of building relationships and checking in with your stakeholders and, and so on up front, that makes that advocating a whole lot easier when you get into that moment, when you go into that room. So there's that part, but the, the, the in the moment part would be more along the lines of try and leave your frustrations at the door. <laughs> try not to kind of complain, try not to, um, again, talk about those barriers, talk about process and from a service design perspective of, of why you're advocating for something because that's, that's very personal. And again, only you understand it. So you know, you're, you're looking to influence here. You don't have direct control. You don't necessarily have the, the, the official leadership um, position. So, so what you need to do is, again, take frame your request in terms of where you want to go and how that would affect that and make sure you're still aligning to the, the stakeholders. So what, uh, how are they seeing things? How would they frame this challenge? What impact is it going to have on, the, on, on them, strategic outcomes and so on? So again, that empathy and framing the conversation in their terms, not, it's not you're breaking my service design process it's that we can do better for you by doing these things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you're hitting, uh, again, upon uh, a point that is worth uh, articulating, and that is you. it becomes so much easier when you know what the agenda is of the other people in the room. Because then it becomes not you advocating for a, a weird and silly service design process. No, it's you actually advocating for something that will help the people in the room achieve their goals. So yeah, I think, the, the important yeah. work is done up front and uh, your your message becomes so much easier, so much more impactful if you can uh, tie it into helping others. And it, you know, we say this all the time and we air preach this all the time, but it's really, it's, it's, it's hard. Like you have to, you have to do a lot of work up front to, uh, to make your life easier later on. Yeah, and that's one of the themes we actually, I think, touched on quite a bit as well and was one of my, the ones I introduced was the, the influence don't ask. So you're trying to build influence because actually asking is such a difficult thing to do because you perhaps don't know how to ask. The people you're asking don't even know what you're talking about because they don't know upfront how it all works. So you're just trying to build that influence from the beginning of the process and maintain it throughout so that then there is almost no ask people actually look to you for the answers so yeah this was the third best practice that we touched upon influence don't ask but what do you um mean with asking what is the what is the asking part how would it work yes i think i think the asking goes back to all of those those potential barriers up front so um hey i'd like to i'd like to do things this way hey i, I need these resources uh it has to go like this for it to work. You, you, these are things you must do. So these are all asks and things you're putting on your stakeholders and on your, your partners uh, beforehand. So when, when you find yourself in that position to actually ask, it, it's very easy for people to say no. 
primarily for the reason that they don't necessarily understand. You know, they, they, they haven't felt that pain yet of being later on in that process and that they're going to suddenly realize there isn't a resource or it's going to take three times longer than we originally thought because we didn't think of all these things up front. So, so that's the ask is that you're asking for all these difficult things, uh, particularly up front, but along the way. So again, if you have the ability to influence, um, there almost is no ask. It's something you're going on the journey together. So, okay, I get the ask part and it makes a lot of sense. And especially as you mentioned, people who haven't been on that journey yet don't understand why the ask can be a make or break uh, thing in the entire process. But I don't totally get what you mean with influence. So how is the different? So how is it? How is how does that compare to the ask asking part? So I think the, the influence is something you build. Maybe if I put it this way, influence is something that you build over time. So if you think about some of the best leaders in your organization, what you'll, you'll often find is that they they don't ask permission to do things. They don't they don't necessarily even ask for a specific thing. Their recommendation holds so much weight because they have so much influence built up through through trust and experience and, and demonstrated success that actually what they're recommending, suggesting, immediately answers the question for itself. That's a nice uh, way to, to uh, uh, separate these two things, like asking versus recommending. And it might sound like a, a small nuance, but uh, the perception is... Uh, is very different. Um, how do you, well, we already, I think I wanted to ask, how do you actually build that influence? But I think we touched a lot upon those things like going on smaller journeys, doing smaller things, uh, showing wins. Any Anything you'd like to add to what we already mentioned? Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a common topic that comes up a lot in the uh, service design discussions uh, doing that. Um, yeah, I think so. The only the, so trying to th think of some other things to add. Um, I think one thing I call out is is listening is a big part of influence. So that circles back to I know we're going around lots of circles here. Very apt for the name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but the best way, and this is almost a negotiation tactic. The best way to influence is to actually to listen to understand. So it's not, again, it's not about you asking, you pushing your agenda, um, you, you trying to pull all those roadblocks. It's, it's really, a, you can influence best by having great early conversations to truly understand what it is you are being asked to do, what's expected of you and what the need is for this uh, journey, so design mm. journey that you're about to go on. Mm. So one, once you have listened at the beginning and then continue to listen throughout, I think that's, that's your best bet at building influence because then you, you're always tying back to what people want to hear yeah it's so interesting and the topic of listening has been coming up on the service design show episodes uh, a lot lately uh trying to figure out what's going on makes you so much uh puts you in so much more uh gives you so much more advantage when you actually need to come up with things that make sense and are relevant and uh it feels like you're slowing down by listening by asking questions, uh, but it actually helps you uh, a lot. Yeah, this is, this is coming up actually in my, my organization a lot. We do a lot of listening and we make a lot of time for it. <laughs> but I, I don't want to throw us in a negative, but it, you can almost listen too much as well. You, know, you actually, if you listen, you have to really listen, take note, 
and not keep asking the same questions because that could be equally as frustrating if you're checking with people too much and hmm. you're repeating the same thing. So, you so do what's need the to do yeah? This. What's the moment to pivot? Uh, moment to pivot in terms of well, from listening to actually uh, giving recommendations. Right. <laughs> I think yeah. I think <laughs> hopefully you can pick up on some cues there and you can start to sense when people are are done with talking and it's it's over to you. I mean, I I, I certainly. We certainly see that um, yeah, if you're asking the same question two, three, four times, that, that starts to get too much. Once or twice is okay. When you're on the third or fourth time of asking the same questions and people are starting to show that, hang on, you should know this by now. We've, we've already talked about this. I think, I think there you need to progress the conversation, not stop listening, but progress the conversation mm. onto the, the next thing. So actually you're asking them a different set of questions that are going to take you to the next step and then you're getting different responses. I, I like the language that you're introducing here. Uh, awesome. So let's let's reiterate quickly because uh, we've been turning uh, in a few circles here. For service design leadership uh, to flourish within organizations, uh, we have to focus on the destination, right? Keep keep that on track. Don't fall into the trap of micromanaging the entire journey. Correct? Yes, that's a good term, micromanaging, yeah. It's not about, it's a, it's a common theme, actually. It's not about managing the people. It's about managing the process. But you can micromanage people and equally micromanage the process. Yeah, and, and don't get trapped even if people do ask you to come up with those micromanagement plans. Figure out a better narrative that gives them the confidence to move forward even without a detailed plan. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, the, the the amount of times, and I still I still have to stop myself falling into it. But the amount of times I find myself trying to present some detailed research plan or, or steps of every workshop, level up that conversation for sure. You know, don't don't go don't go there. People aren't going to follow you. Yeah, um, I think that's a classic uh, classic mistake. Next one we talked about was courage to lead. Uh, so going from being sort of silent and maybe too humble, too f being too much of a facilitator as a service designer and maybe stepping forward and uh, voicing your recommendations. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Stepping forward at the, the right moment because we, we do have to be humble. It's not our process. It's not a service design process necessarily. It's a, it's a means to an end. And that's the great things we can bring people together. But at certain points, you do have to step forward and say, this isn't going to take us in a good direction or a good outcome. We would do better if, mm -hmm. and then make, make a clear recommendation there. Yeah, and I I totally get, like, we, we shouldn't lose uh, the humbleness within the design process. I think it's the balance that we need to find between being facilitators versus being guides. And I feel that we often lean more towards being facilitators rather than um, helping people to climb up the mountain by being sort of the first person who climbs up the mountain. Yeah, that's, in that's interesting. I, I do, I, again, I find myself falling into that trap all the time of being a facilitator. And I, I think maybe, you know, just to touch on another topic very, very quickly, this is where we talk about actually upskilling and training other people in the organization to take some of those roles so that then we can again zoom out and focus on the the service 
design journey we need to take people on so that we're not facilitating every micro discussion and uh, conversation and decision. Absolutely agree. And we had a awesome, I, I recall uh, a conversation about being a guide uh, and some other metaphors around service design with Robert Bow episode 100 and I don't know, seven, look it up, Robert Bow, <laughs> great uh, service design metaphors. The final uh, uh, best practice we touched upon was uh, influencing, not asking. So make sure you are in the position to give recommendations rather than asks. And it sounds, again, nuanced, but uh, and getting into that position might sound abstract or how do I do that? But uh, yeah, like you mentioned, building relationships, showing proof, uh, yeah, it's making recommendations that will be heard, I think is the, the, really, <laughs> <laughs> the really key thing, yeah. So that's a great summary of the three best practices. Now, sort of the uh, final thing I want to touch upon really quickly with you is you've got a lot of experience being an in-house service designer. You've seen some of the roadblocks, the challenges. We already mentioned a few, but I'm curious if you have to prepare the people who are listening to this episode for what roadblocks might be coming. What are the, some of the key things that you would like to share? Yeah, I've experienced a lot, a lot of different roadblocks. Um, I think some some of the big ones, like one of the big ones um, was an expectation that we had a lot of backing for service design. Uh, the, the organization wanted service design, or at least that was my kind of understanding. And then perhaps being kind of the expectation being given to me that actually no your your role is to grow this and it's gonna it's on you to demonstrate that. So that as a roadblock, which is you have this wonderful easy path to getting everything you want, to suddenly you you actually have to earn it along the way. Um, which is which is a hard hard thing to take, but it's actually what helped me under uh, kind of move through that it is going to be a journey that I have to go on as well. So you can't just kind of give up on yourself or you can't put your own roadblocks and challenges and frustrations that people aren't doing things right. You have to go on a journey. You have to have that empathy for others. You have to be in it for the, the, the long haul and you have to make incremental change. So that's when your organization is at a low, say design or service design maturity you have to be prepared for that fight. So all the things that we've talked about apply to you as well as to, to when you're working with stakeholders. And uh, I find it interesting that you say you have to be prepared for the fight. Uh, and I, I think I know where that is coming from. But then again, you have to be prepared for the journey. So yeah. uh, uh, you have to enjoy the process. You have to enjoy uh, and challenges and roadblocks maybe aren't the right words. Uh well, challenges might be the right the right word, but uh, like you said, it's never as easy as it looks from the outset to bring in change to like, unless you're going to work for a service design agency who gets it totally. Like if you are going to work in any other organization where that doesn't have a service design heritage, you'd better prepare yourself for a journey. Yeah, and I like I like the way you called me out on the on the fight terminology. It's it's and challenges. It's 
it, it sometimes feels like that, but it, it shouldn't. And I think it's important to remind yourself that that's not what you're doing. You're not going to fight for service design. You as a service designer, you know, I think you, you say this a lot, Mark, like the organization is the material that you're working with and that's what you're designing and that's actually the process um, that you are going through as a service designer or certainly a, a, someone who wants to lead service design. So you should enjoy that and take those as moments to actually design the organization, design the way you do what you do. And actually, that's a, that's a really good challenge and a good thing to, to work through. And you can actually look at that as a, as a uh, design challenge that's as enjoyable as actually working on a service design specifically. Yeah, and thanks for, thank you for pointing this out because this sets, I think this sets people up with the right expectations and this um, knowing that this is coming and this is coming in every organization um, prevents you from... Uh, getting burned out, getting disappointed right. maybe in the field. Like I know people who have left the service design field because they're, they got frustrated with the organization and that they weren't able to live up to the things that they promised around service design. Like that's a shame. We need more service designers, not less. Yeah, and I've, ex I've experienced that. That's another roadblock I've experienced. That is that your, your colleagues who are going on that journey with you of establishing service design, Again, they can, they can, like you mentioned, they can burn out through their frustration with the ability of the organization to change, how much it takes, uh, the challenges that they face. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to take time, uh, but enjoy the enjoy that journey as much. You know, yeah. turn that into a positive. Yeah, and it's it's easy to talk about this on our podcast. Like, enjoy enjoy the struggles, enjoy the <laughs> tough conversations when you're in the moment. It's tough. It's hard. Uh, but again, probably when you frame it as a as a journey, as a road trip, then uh, eventually you'll you'll sort of look back on those uh, moments as moments of victory. And uh, it is it, it like the struggle is part of the the process. Yeah, I did. I did want to call out though for for people who are thinking in terms of their career. And this is a this is a big topic actually that I think actually spurred this leadership is uh, discussion. What does it mean to be a service design leader? How far can you you go with this? Like, what's my next step? How much can I fight and push? I think you have to actually look at it from both sides as well. You you have to be willing to go on that journey and take the time and advocate uh, and so on. But it, it can burn you out. It can be frustrating. So, you know, it's, at some point you can't. You have to understand how far you can go and how far that organization is willing to go. So you, it doesn't mean that you sit at your organization for 10 years, struggling day in, day out. At some point, you, there may also be a time where you have to say, this isn't going to work, or I've gone as far as I can. Uh, and so I think that's something to also be aware of. And that's, that's I would say, a topic for another circle conversation, because <laughs> there's so much into, into that. Like, when do you know? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's time to give up. Maybe it is, but uh, when is the time to move on and... Uh, see that uh, this isn't the right fit. Uh, anywho, that's a, that's a another <laughs> rabbit hole we don't want to go into into this episode. So, uh, James, let's let's try to uh, close <laughs> close the circle. Like we started with addressing that service design leadership is important, uh, and if you have to summarize once again at the end of this episode why is it important what's at stake why should people care about actually developing their leadership skills and becoming better leaders 
I think it's really about developing your leadership so that you have the confidence and the courage to actually take charge where and when you need to and that you feel comfortable taking an organization, taking stakeholders, groups through what can be quite a grueling but rewarding journey. So it's important that you're prepared to do that and then you're able to prepare others to go on that journey with you. Thanks. And and to add to that, it's a means to an end. I think if our goal is to design services that have a positive impact on people and on, on business, like being a good leader is just and a very important part of it. Like we cannot uh, we cannot ignore that. We have to we have to develop those skills. Yep. Yeah. yeah com- completely agree. Yeah. James, thank you for sharing your thoughts and the best practices we learned in the circle about uh, service design leadership. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing more conversations like this in future circle episodes. I will see you very soon in our next session. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And thanks, everyone uh, in the circle. It's uh, great to spend time with everyone discussing these topics. So thanks again. If you've made it this far, I assume that you're enjoying conversations like this. And in that case, you might want to consider joining our circle group. We've got a lot of interesting themes coming up in the next months. Some of them are around building service design communities, on helping others help you, and on the influence of backgrounds on the practice of service design. If this sounds interesting to you, check out servicedesignshow.com slash circle for more information on how you can apply in the agenda. The link is also in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Service Design Show. It was a great pleasure having you. As always, keep making a positive impact and I'll hear you in the next episode.